Hello, everyone. Welcome to Health Formation, the podcast where we give you health and wellness news to use. My name is Katie Trotta, and I am your host. And we are back today for part two of episode eight on plant-based diets. On this week's episode, we are going to be delving deeper into some data on the benefits of a plant-based diet for heart health for patients with existing cardiovascular disease and also for patients who are healthy at baseline. The article that we discuss in today's episode is an article that was published in 2017 in the Journal of American Colleges of Cardiology, and literally the day after Stephanie and I recorded this episode, a very similar article was published in the Journal of the American Heart Association, and so I just wanted to give you guys a little summary of this article because it does reiterate the outcomes of the trial that we discussed in today's episode. So this article is called Plant-Based Diets Are Associated with a Lower Risk of Incident Cardiovascular Disease, Cardiovascular Disease Mortality, and All-Cause Mortality in a General Population of Middle-Age Adults. So this article had a very similar structure to the article we discussed today, where they looked at patients' diets over a period of time and structured them based on plant foods and then further stratified them based on healthy plant food and unhealthy plant food. And so what they did find was that plant-based diets were related to a lower risk of cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular disease mortality. And they say that healthful plant-based foods such as foods that are higher in nutrient density and lower in refined carbs and animal products are associated with lower risk of cardiovascular disease. So later in the episode when Stephanie and I discuss the article published in 2017, you'll see that the results align and this just brings another cohort of patients to the table that had very similar benefits and further reiterates the benefit of a healthy plant-based diet for patients with cardiovascular disease. All right, let's get back over to the discussion with Stephanie. So should we transition over to talking about our article? Let's do it. All right. So tell us a little bit about the article you picked. So uh, speaking, you know, kind of keeping in uh, with the whole food plant-based versus uh, an unhealthier vegan diet, we picked a study uh, that looked at healthful and unhealthful plant-based diets and their risk of coronary heart disease. Uh, so this study was published in the Journal of American College of Cardiology in 2018. And this is a pro- prospective study. It is not a randomized controlled trial where they told one group of people to eat one way and another group of people to eat another way. Basically, what they did is looked at what different groups of people were consuming on a yearly basis, and then kind of stratifying what their risk of cardiovascular disease was based on the most amount of food that they consumed, whether that was healthy plant-based or unhealthy plant-based. Right. And so this study used data from the Nurses Health Study, um, which if you're unfamiliar with the Nurses Health Study, you should definitely look it up. It is so cool. So the Nurses Health Study is one of the biggest cohorts that we have that looks at um, the impact of physical activity and nutrition and lifestyle factors on health. Um, And it started in Boston in the 80s, and it was just a group of nurses, and it's still ongoing today. Um, So it's a very long study, which is awesome because we can see the impact of lifestyle changes over time. And the other thing that we were talking about that we like about this study is that people in the study were allowed to eat whatever they were eating. They were not told to eat a certain way. Um, And so we just, we, the authors of the study looked at the impact of 
how many plant foods those people were eating, but that they were also still eating animal foods as well. So that means that this is very translatable to an average person that's trying to eat a healthier diet. Right. And some of the motivation behind this study was because the current literature that's out there about coronary heart disease and looking at plant-based versus non-plant-based diets, it was always vegetarians versus non-vegetarians. That's what they looked at. And they showed that the vegetarians had lower risk of heart disease, but they never differentiated between what type of vegetarian diet someone was eating, whether that was healthy or unhealthy vegetarian food. Um, And so that is more of what this diet looked at or this study looked at. So this was a pretty big study. How many people were in the study? So overall, there were 116,000 people um, that were at the study at baseline, and they were free of chronic disease at baseline. So what they did with the study is they asked all these participants every two years to fill out a, a health questionnaire, which included questions on their lifestyle, their health behaviors, and their medical history. And they had about a 90% response rate um, from these participants, which is which is pretty great. Right. And they were nurses and they were volunteering to be in the study. So I think that's probably why the, um, the response rate was a little bit higher. Correct. Absolutely. One of the things that they filled out when they were doing this uh, follow-up every two years was a food frequency questionnaire, which had 130 different food items on there. And they were asked how frequently within a week they consume these products. So if it was a banana, um, they, they'd say, do you consume this less than uh, once a month? Or do you consume this more than six times a day and then varying degrees in between? So you would rank each food as to how frequently you ate that within the month. And then they broke those 130 foods down into 18 categories. So they grouped all of the dairy products together and they grouped all of the fruits and vegetables into categories. And they divided them into different groups and they gave positive or negative scores to the foods based on three different kind of breakout uh, parts of the study. So they created an overall plant-based diet index, or PDI, where they gave positive scores to plant-based foods, and they gave reverse or negative scores to animal-based foods. And then they did a second category where they created a healthy plant-based index, where they gave positive scores to foods like whole grains, fruits and vegetables, and uh, nuts and beans. And then unhealthy plant-based foods, such as like the junk foods and the refined sugars and things like that, got negative scores along with the animal-based foods. And then they did a third one where they kind of flipped that and they did the less healthy plant-based foods, got positive scores, and then they compared that to the healthy and the animal products. Right. So they um, they looked at the overall and the, um, with the plant-based in diet index, and then they broke that down into healthy or unhealthy. And they also rated the each participant on how much of each of those categories they ate on a one to five scale. Um, so if you ate more of a healthy plant food, that ranked you higher than if you just ate it once per week or once per month. Correct. So based on this, um, then they stratified the people out and they looked at their risk for heart disease. Mm-hmm. And they define that as a non-fatal MI, which is a heart attack, um, or a fatal cardiovascular event. Mm-hmm. And what did they what did they find? So uh, the, the participants could report um, these events on their, their questionnaires, or then if it was a fatal event, then they would um, verify that with doctors or with the postal service. They held other variables study. So they looked at smoking status and alcohol intake, uh, muscle vitamin use, aspirin use, a couple other things um, to make sure that those were held steady across all groups. And when even when held steady, 
they found that patients who had higher scores of the plant index or the healthy plant index, they were less likely to have an association with cardiovascular disease. So if you had a high adherence to a plant-based diet index, there was an independent inversely inverse association with cardiovascular disease. That inverse association was even stronger for patients who adhered to a healthy plant-based diet. So meaning that the more healthy you ate a plant-based diet, the less likely you were to be associated with cardiovascular disease. I thought it was interesting because the plant-based diet overall was associated with health a little bit. Actually, if you looked at the statistics, it wasn't even statistically significant, Um, but it did trend towards health. But when you looked at that healthy plant-based diet and you looked at the people that were eating the most vegetables, those people and fruits and, and grains and all of those things, those people actually had a much lower risk of having a cardiovascular event. So what about when we flipped it and we looked at the unhealthy group? So what was really interesting was when they stratified for the patients who ate the highest amounts of the unhealthy plant-based diet, they actually had a positive association with cardiovascular disease. And and there's a chart in that the authors published in the study, which I'll post the link to the study if you're interested in looking at it. And the unhealthy plant-based diet increased risk for cardiovascular disease was pretty much the exact same line as an animal-based diet. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating an unhealthy plant-based diet, it's unhealthy. So that's you're not increasing your um, health any more than those that are eating an animal-based diet. Yeah, absolutely. What do we see as the, the takeaway from that, those results? So I think a couple of different things. I think one of the big conclusions is that if you focus your diet to mostly include a healthy plant-based, healthy plant-based foods, then you're going to have improved health, health outcomes, including reducing your risk for cardiovascular disease. If you are focusing your diet on less healthy plant food, then you're going to increase your risk for cardiovascular disease. Right. What are some of the mechanisms that the author stated could have led to this increase um, in health? Right. So if you're looking at a diet that is high in healthy plant-based foods, you're going to get a diet that's higher in fiber. There's more antioxidants, and the unsaturated fat is higher versus a saturated fat diet. It's going to be low in saturated fat, and it's going to be low in the heme iron content, which is iron that comes from animals that can cause a lot of inflammation in the body. Typically, if you're eating foods like this, it's going to aid in weight loss or maintenance, so you're not uh, continuously gaining weight throughout your life, and that's going to help with your uh, glycemic control and insulin regulation. So I know on a previous podcast, you talked a lot about insulin sensitivity and resistance, and so eating a diet that is high in healthy plant-based foods is going to help with that. These will lead to improved lipid profiles and reduced blood pressure, as well as improving your overall vascular health with those two endpoints. And then, of course, decreasing inflammation, like we mentioned. So Stephanie mentioned fiber, um, and eating a high plant-based diet will help to increase your amount of fiber. And then that also helps to feed all of your trillions of bacteria that are growing in your gut. And one thing that I think is really interesting that I've been learning about a lot lately is TMA. So TMA is trimethylamine, and TMA is actually produced um, when you you consume the non-essential amino acids choline and L-carnitine. So choline is found a lot in egg yolks, and then L-carnitine is found in red meat. 
These are also found in supplements and vitamins. A lot of men's vitamins will have L-carnitine in them. And what happens when you eat these amino acids is that there are specific bacteria in your gut that break them down and they release TMA. And then the liver actually converts TMA to TMAO, which is trimethylamine N oxide. And TMAO is very strongly linked with heart attack and stroke. So TMAO um, promotes the activation of platelets, which leads to an increased risk for blood clots. And then that actually increases your risk for heart attack and stroke. So Cleveland Clinic has been doing a ton of research on TMAO. They're one of the only clinics where you can actually measure your TMAO level. And um, I've heard from previous research that TMAO levels are kind of the best predictor for your overall cardiovascular health. And the interesting thing is when they looked at the guts of vegetarians and vegans, they actually don't have the bacteria necessary to create TMAO because they're not breaking down high amounts of choline or any L-carnitine because they don't eat egg yolks in general or red meat. Um, And so they actually have a cardioprotective benefit against TMAO as well. Um, So that is something that I think is kind of a hot topic and in the news. Um, And if you're looking at your heart health, um, one of the things that you should consider as well. Absolutely. That's super interesting. Thanks. Um, So what is the overall takeaway of our study? What do you want people to how do you want people to apply this to their lives? Okay, so we mentioned that this was not a randomized controlled trial where they told one group of people to eat vegan and told one group of people to eat a standard American diet. They just asked people to tell tell us what you ate. And so when they did that, it's important to know that the people who ate a a good amount of the healthy plant-based diet foods were still eating animal products. On average, they still were consuming about three animal products a day. And then the people who were eating the unhealthy plant-based diet were eating about six animal products a day. So my biggest takeaway is that you can improve your heart health and and you can lower your risk of cardiovascular disease just by incorporating more healthy plant-based foods into your diet and cutting out just some of those animal products. You do not have to make this drastic life change to make an improvement in your overall health. And I think that that is something that's really important because I think that there's this notion that these diets are all or nothing. I have to eat a plant-based diet every single day of my life. And if I have one you know, bite of a burger or something, it's going to ruin my heart health. And that is right. not true. This study proved that. Right. And so everything that you can do to help um, on the spectrum of eating more plants is going to be beneficial for your overall health. So just thinking about it as a spectrum of eating a completely carnivorous diet, which please, I hope none of my listeners are eating a carnivorous diet. I know that there's (laughs) a huge thing on YouTube now of people eating a carnivorous diet. Just get that out of there. So we'll just say from keto all the way to a fully plant-based diet, and that's a spectrum, right? So if you are, anything that you could do to get you more on the spectrum of eating more plants um, is going to help your heart health and help your overall health. Absolutely. And I think that it's really cool because the literature, uh, the guidelines are finally starting to catch up with some of this data. So when I first watched uh, What the Health and Forks Over Knives, they were really, really hard on the medical industries like the um, American College of Cardiology and the American Diabetes Association because those, those groups were still promoting some carnivorous diets, but they had recipes on their websites for like healthy beef burgers or something like that, or red, you know, still promoted red meat within their diet, um, or other types of processed meat. 
And so in March of 2019, the American College of Cardiology primary prevention guidelines. So this is again on prevention, which we've been talking about all day. These guidelines are so great. I love they them. are. I'm I was so happy when they hit my inbox. And they're colorful. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are. So they say that all adults, regardless of your health, should be consuming a healthy diet that emphasizes the consumption of vegetables, fruits, nuts, whole grains, lean vegetable or animal protein. So they still have the animal protein in there, but they say lean protein and fish, and it should minimize the intake of trans fats, processed meats, refined carbohydrates, and sweetened beverages. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And um, also going off of what Stephanie said, the ADA 2019 guidelines also added in, so they now recommend three diets. Um, so they say the the ADA diet, they still put their own diet in there, which I understand. The Mediterranean diet, and a fully plant-based diet have data to support the uh, management of patients with type 2 diabetes. And so I think that the fact that they even put that in there is awesome. It's a huge step. Yes. It really is. One little side note that I want to add. You had mentioned the keto diet and that carnivorous diet. Yes. So I was actually really surprised to see this in here. This is also from those same guidelines that we just were speaking about. And they addressed the the keto diet, which is essentially uh, a very, very low intake of carbohydrate and a high intake of animal fat and proteins. And they said that the data has shown that a diet that's low in carbs and high in animal fat is associated with increased cardiac and non-cardiac uh, mortality rates. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to put that in there as far as if you're concerned about your cardiovascular health. Yes. This is in reference to that. There are other occasions when a keto diet maybe beneficial for you. And so I look yes. forward to hearing that discussion from you and your guests. But I, for a cardiovascular health, if you're listening for that, a keto diet is not recommended. And we'll also talk about the impact of keto on insulin resistance as well. And keto, carnivore is way worse than keto because carnivore <laughs> yeah, eats only meat. <laughs> yeah, so. maybe we should have defined those terms as well <laughs> with our other diets. <laughs> True. Well, that is awesome. Yes, I these guidelines are, de- are definitely interesting. If you are um, interested in promotion of um, health and guidelines that pr- promote health in all aspects, so they have physical activity, they have lots of different things in there. I will um, post a link to those as well. So tell our listeners a little bit about where they can find more information on a whole food plant based diet if they're interesting interested in transitioning. Yeah, I think that, again, the documentaries, What the Health and Forks Over Knives, is a great place to start. Um, You can Netflix and chill and and hang out and watch it with your boo. Yep. Um, See if that's something that you're interested in. It gives you a good amount of information and a good jumping off point for, you know, additional research that you may want to do. There is a, a book called How Not to Die by Dr. Greger. And he looks at, specifically, he looks at chronic diseases associated with the standard American diet and how we can prevent these diseases or reverse them with a whole food plant-based diet. So he has a very specific diet. Um, he's got 12 foods that he wants you to eat every single day and in the amounts that he wants you to eat them. I haven't attempted that. I Daily heard it's pretty difficult. Yeah. It's kind of hard. Yeah, I heard it's hard to get there. Um, Dr. Greger is also writing a new book called How Not to Diet, which I think is funny. <laughs> um, and he is the brainchild behind or the master behind uh, nutritionfacts.org, which is a huge wealth of information. So many um, studies on there, primary literature. They also have recipes on there. Um, There's a PharmD on there that posts a lot of good recipes. It's not me, but thank you to 
the farm day on nutritionfacts.org for your recipes. I sent a, a vegan taco recipe out to some of my uh, colleagues that are trying to do a more plant-based diet. So check that out as well. Yeah. Um, if you are not one that likes to cook, but you want to start eating some of these meals, Purple Carrot is a good meal delivery service that cooks uh, pretty exclusively plant-based vegan meals. And um, it's a little on the expensive side, but, you know, try it out if you want to start trying some of these diets. And then you can always keep the recipe cards to kind of get those ingredients yeah. yourself. Yeah, Purple Carrot does give you a booklet of, of so if it has 10 recipes out that week, you get all 10 of the recipes. And then you'll just get the ingredients for whichever ones you choose. So you'll get some bonus recipes that mm-hmm. you can use as well. Yeah. And, you know, you had mentioned um, Instagram and social media, and I follow a lot of different people on there that promote a healthy plant-based diet, and they're posting multiple free recipes a week. So you certainly don't have to subscribe to Purple Carrot or another meal delivery service, but I just want to let listeners know that that is out there if that's something they're interested in. And then the last one I have is an app that's pretty cool. It's called Happy Cow, and it helps you locate vegan-friendly restaurants in over 180 countries. So I think one of the things that I hear from people about, you know, changing their diet is, well, what am I going to do when I go out to dinner? And I have never, so far, I have not gone into a restaurant where I wasn't able to find something that would fit within uh, the diet that I'm currently eating. And it's not always a salad. It's not always a salad. It's actually rarely a salad. Right. Um, And so I would just challenge you next time you're at a restaurant to look at the menu and see what's on there as far as whole food, plant-based, or vegan options. Um, a lot of the times it's a vegetarian option and you just ask them to leave off the cheese. Um, but happy cow, if you're traveling or if you're just in your area and you want to know what restaurants have options for you, that is a good app to keep on your phone. And one thing I have to say, um, in relation to what Stephanie just said is if you're scared of a, having the title of vegan, you're not going to become a vegan by eating one vegan (laughs) meal. So you can eat a vegetarian taco and still be an omnivore. Yes. You're not going to die. Yes. <laughs> so that's just another little side note. Yeah. And I always think it's so funny when someone tells me that they've never eaten anything vegan before. Right. Have you not had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Exactly. Or spaghetti with tomato sauce? Exactly. So there are lots of things out there that are vegan that are very approachable and attainable, and it's not all this weird fermented foods or, you know, tofu-based things if you're not into that. There are certainly things that you can eat that are, quote-unquote, normal. Right. And I would like to shout out my new favorite podcast, which is Plant Proof. It has a wealth of information, and um, there are guests on there are always awesome. And Simon, the host, is vegan um, or whole food plant-based, but he is very open to any your ideas, and he's very non-judgmental. So that's a great podcast to listen to if you're looking for a new one. I had an episode playing on the way here, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this a lot. I liked I liked talking about our whole food (laughs) plant-based. To close this out, tell us your one tip for healthy living that you would like our listeners to take away from today. Okay, well, I'm going to break the rule because I have two. All right, that's fine. So I think that kind of, you know, goes along with the study is in your day-to-day life, I don't want you to strive for perfection, but I want you to strive for improvement. So if you can do uh, one thing every day to improve your health for tomorrow, it's kind of like making an investment in your health. So if you want to cut down the animal products that you're using in your diet and maybe only one meal a day, eat that instead of three meals a day. 
Um, I think that is an improvement. That's great. And I don't want you to strive for perfection of never eating a burger again, if that's, you know, the lifestyle that you enjoy, but making an improvement in your health so that you can make an investment in your future is really important. And so I encourage my patients always to do one thing every day that is an improvement for their health for tomorrow. That is awesome. That's so important. And if you skip a day, you can get back on the train tomorrow. It's, Absolutely. It doesn't have to be perfection. Yeah. You don't have to completely fall off the train. You can hop right back on. Exactly. It hasn't pulled away yet. <laughs> um, well, thank you again so much for being here today. Um, and to all of our listeners, thank you guys for listening. If you have any um, questions that you would like me to answer on future episodes or ideas or topics you'd like us to cover, please shoot me an email at healthformation.podcast at gmail.com. And please also like us on Facebook. Um, I will post the resources from today's um, episode on our Facebook page. I'll also post them in the show notes. And if you have any questions or comments, you can also post them on our Facebook page. So Steph, thanks again for coming down to Bowie's Creek today and joining us. And thank you guys all for listening. I hope you have a happy and healthy day.